This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hi again, everybody. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Happy Monday. Can I say that? Yeah, why not? The weather's going to be much better today than what most here across the South saw over the last couple. I hope you fared well and our thoughts and prayers to uh, all those who who did not. It was kind of a strange and and rough weather weekend for a lot of folks, and uh, certainly uh, we're thinking of you. We're thinking of you. Otherwise, happy Monday, everybody, and welcome in to uh, Studio B here on Airline Drive, the headquarters for the Saints and the Pelicans. It's kind of a big day on the city's NBA calendar. LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers are here at the Smoothie King Center tonight for their annual visit. The uh, Cavs and the Pelicans will tip off at 7. I do believe there are a limited, and I mean limited, amount of tickets still available for tonight's game. If you're catching uh, our podcast, a little no-appointment radio here in the afternoon on this Monday, and you think, well, I'd like to go, I think that you can probably pick up the phone and get yourself in. Um or you can go to pelicans.com, check things out there as well. So it should be a great crowd tonight. It always is. Uh, the Pelicans are needing a bounce-back performance. It'll be tough against the defending world champs. Meanwhile, the champs have lost four of their last six, so we'll see how they come into town tonight. Uh, and their road games here recently against the Western Conference, uh, not so hot. So uh, I, think, I think we're lining up for a couple of good storylines tonight. John Michaels, the radio voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he's our special guest today on the Black and Blue Report, uh, eager to talk to him and get up to speed on a team that, well, we haven't seen in a little bit because um, these two teams have already met, but it's been some time since the, since the Pelicans uh, played at Cleveland. So this is the finale of the season series. Well, what about the football yesterday? Um, I, I can't say, well, I will say it. I called it. I said it would be Falcons and Patriots, and the two games would be blowouts. Why I knew that, I have no idea, but that's the way it played out. So it kind of made for some ho-hum watching, but we do know now that it is the Dirty Birds on the NFC side and, of course, the Patriots, whom you all probably have an opinion about on the AFC side. And as much as I thought I knew about yesterday, which actually happened, which is extremely rare, now I will say this. I have no idea what will happen uh, two weeks from yesterday on Super Bowl Sunday. I think high scoring. I think that's about all I know. I can't tell you who I think is going to win, but uh, sometime over the next two weeks, we'll bring in a couple of folks who know a lot more than I do, uh, and we'll talk about uh, the Super Bowl matchup, which is going to be in Houston there. Is that February the 5th? I guess that is, Sunday the 5th. So we're getting close uh, to uh, winding this thing up. On the football side today, Sean Fazan from Fox 8 Sports joins us. And uh, I'll get his thoughts on yesterday's two football games, Championship Sunday. But also, I want to talk to Sean today about Senior Bowl in Mobile. Uh, that is this week, and that's uh, the first important uh, piece or moment in time in the Saints offseason calendar. And so Sean Fazan will be giving us a preview as best he can on the festivities involving uh, all those draft-eligible players in Mobile, Alabama. So two good conversations today. John Michael of the Cleveland Cavaliers and Sean Fizan of Fox 8 Sports. Um, so let's do this. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll bring in John Michael and get ourselves ready for Pelicans Cavaliers tonight, and then we'll talk to Sean Fizan following that.
You're at a dinner party. You're seated next to a loudmouth. Plus, there's no bread. Why is there no bread? Myrtle the family chow chow seems very interested in you. But you're allergic to Myrtle and you left your inhaler at home. But it doesn't have to be this way. Win the night with the New Orleans Pelicans facing off against the San Antonio Spurs Friday, January 27th. Do Friday night right with friends and family at the Smoothie King Center. Visit pelicans.com for tickets and win the night. Are you ready for a new challenge? Set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with over 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce cup, and sip your way to your goal weight. With flavors like pineapple mango, strawberry blueberry, dark chocolate banana, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goal. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Take the challenge as part of a low-calorie diet and daily exercise program. Weight loss depends on individual needs. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. As we talked about earlier, it's Cavaliers and Pelicans tonight at the Smoothie King Center. Sometimes, you know, you walk into the room and you just know right off the bat you're not going to be the smartest guy there. Well, that's what it'll feel like along Radio Road tonight when John Michael, the radio voice of the Cavaliers, shows up. Since he's got like four degrees, all of them from Notre Dame, and he was a lawyer before he decided to, to do what we do here in broadcast. So, with that being said, uh, I bring in the smarter guy, John Michael, to our podcast this morning. Hello, John. Oh, please, John. <laughs> what kind of an introduction is that? Is you're going to talk about one of the most unnecessarily educated people in all of sports. You're talking to him right now. Well, the, the, the <laughs> thing is this. You can carry on a conversation with, like, anybody ever, whereas I can only do, like, you know. So, um, did you see our team play last night? Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Believe me, I my, my my breadth of knowledge is not all that deep. Sports are fine. Any other areas, I'm like you. Uh, sports is about it now. Did winning a championship last summer finally validate for you the reason why you left being a lawyer? You know, it's funny, Sean. People ask me that a lot, and yes, it's fantastic. And I don't want to, you know, marginalize that or, or minimize that at all, but I was having fun before, you know, when the Cavs were winning 20 games a season. You know, it's great. And, and calling a game seven was fantastic. And the run to the to the finals was was amazing. And I recognize that a lot of people in sports never get that opportunity. But, you know, the question I get a lot is, you know, how things change. And the answer is really not that much because in terms of what we do, it, it was fun, you know, the three seasons before LeBron got there when I started in the NBA. So, yes, there is a difference. And, yes, no question about it. Is it nice to be on a plane that's happy? Is it nice to be in an organization where everybody's feeling good about themselves and and knows that every season now for the foreseeable future, there's a chance to make a run of the finals? No question about it. But in terms of what we do, it it was fun before. So, you know, it still continues to be uh, a dream job and it still continues to be something that I enjoy each and every day. And, John, somewhere along the way, you were working for the Columbus Blue Jackets, who were the hottest thing on ice not too long ago. I'm beginning to think you've got the golden touch. Well, hey, you say that. What's funny about that is the first 13 seasons that I did professionally, after I left the law, went into you know minor league sports, started working my way up through the minors. I did baseball, I did hockey, and basketball. Uh, the first 13 seasons I did, the, the grand total of playoff teams that I called was zero. And we're talking about in the minors when most of the teams make the playoffs. I mean, that's like flipping a coin wrong 13 consecutive times. And I always said the first, play, the first time I ever get to the playoffs, we're going to win the whole darn thing. And the Cavs came within two games of doing that. The first playoff game I ever called 
a couple of seasons ago when, they, when you know when LeBron came back and the Cavs made that run to the finals and fell short against Golden State. So not the case, my friend. It may, it may seem that way, but we had to grind it out for a while before I ever even got to the postseason. All right. Well, you know, you said it straight. I was just trying to make you sound big, you know, huge. So <laughs> I am not. Yes. <laughs> I am not. John Michael, voice of the Cavaliers, with us here on the Black and Blue Report. All right, John, uh, we've seen the Cavaliers already this season. These two teams played up in Cleveland but it's been a little bit of time. Give me, give me if you don't mind, uh, the temperature here, the feeling around Cleveland as we roll toward the end of January, about the halfway point of the season. Well, it's been a bumpy, it's been a bumpy month for this team. You know, the Cavs went on a six-game road trip, had some problems, ended up three and three on the trip, some tough losses than you saw in Portland, and I think everybody saw what happened to the Cavaliers at Golden State as the Warriors were all over the Cavaliers. Uh, Cavs come back home, they get healthy against the Phoenix team, but then they were knocked off by a shorthanded Spurs team in the Cavs' last outing on Saturday. The Spurs were without Pau Gasol and Tony Parker. Uh, yet the Spurs come away with a three-point victory in overtime. Cavs need some fine-tuning right now, and, you know, to a man, they admit it in the locker room. They need to be better. They're not playing championship caliber basketball right now. So, you know, it, it's a transition time for Teron Lue. The Cavs have lost J.R. Smith virtually for the rest of the regular season. They brought in Kyle Korver, and the rotation, frankly, right now is still one that, that needs some work. I mean, the bench hasn't been very good. Tron Lou knows that he's had on the lab coat, mixing and matching, trying to find new combinations, new rotations that are effective, and he's still searching right now. So that's a big part of what the Cavaliers need to do moving forward in terms of playing their best basketball. They haven't been particularly good on the defensive end either over the last handful of games as well. So those are the areas that the Cavs are looking to shore up as we roll forward in January into the second half of the regular season. What a difference a year makes, huh? I mean, this is almost a totally different storyline than, say, last year right around the time they made a coaching change as well. Really well said. You know, and the Cavs had an identical record at the midway point of the season, 30-11, and 11, as they did last year, which happened to be the point where the Cavs made the move to let David Blatt go and promote Teron Liu, the head coach. You know, and, and the press has tried to draw some parallels between last year and this year, but there really aren't any. And, you know, you touched upon it. I mean, there was the turmoil. There was, you know, Teron coming in and trying to get his system in place, which, as you're well aware, in the second half of an NBA season, I mean, you don't have any time. I mean, this, you, these teams hardly practice in the second half of the season. So it was difficult to get his philosophy instilled in these guys and get them playing the way – he wanted to play. I, you know, I would say, you know, taking a step back and taking a look at these two situations, the Cavaliers are an infinitely better spot now than they were before because Teron's been there a full year as as his coaching staff. These guys know what he wants. The communication continues to be there, which was a problem before Teron Lou was promoted to head coach. So they know what they have to do. I don't think there are, other than the record itself, I don't think there are many parallels. I think they're in a much better spot now moving forward because of the consistency and because, you know, the veteran locker room knows precisely what it needs to do to be playing at a much better level. Give me a subtly different thing about this team right now. Uh, you know, Kevin Love is is going to have a, one of his Minnesota-type seasons. It looks like 2010, more like his old self, some would say. I mean, that's kind of obvious. But, but John, give me something subtle that's different about this team now. Well, I think Love, you know, before we start talk, start talking about subtle, Love's play this season is, is head and shoulders better than, than it was even a couple of months ago in the finals. I mean, he looks more comfortable. The pressure's off. He's not hearing the questions about fit each and every day. And he's a big confidence player, and he's a big reason why the Cavaliers' offense has been even better than it was last season. They've been up around top five 
all season long in most you know offensive categories in terms of scoring and, and putting up points and things like that. I, I think the pickup of Kyle Korver is going to be a big one, Sean. I do. I he hasn't quite gotten his feet wet yet, and you know he's a guy who's used to being a starter, of course, in Atlanta. He was an All Star just a couple of seasons ago, but the way this team is constructed now, you have two world class drivers in LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. They find the open man. It's why. Guys like Channing Fry, guys like J.R. Smith have really thrived in this offense. And I think Corver is going to be right there. You know, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a couple of weeks. But I think that's a big, you know, it was a deal that wasn't made, you know, too big of a deal. You know, people didn't make too much out of it uh, a couple of weeks ago when the deal was made. But I think it's a nice under-the-radar deal made by David Griffin uh, to bring in another guy who can help this this team win. And, and Corver, frankly, and seeing him over the last couple of games, He's a pretty good team defender. He really is. I think he, you know, he's been maligned for that over his career, but he's better than a lot of people give him credit for. So I think that's certainly a difference. I think the return of J.R. Smith obviously is going to be a big one, but the Cavs can't wait for that right now, and that has been a bit of a problem. Who's going to fill in? It's been Iman Shumpert over the last couple of games. But, uh, like, I, you know, to answer your question, I think the pickup of Corver is a good one. I also think, Sean, I'd be surprised if David Griffin doesn't pull the trigger on at least one deal, maybe more, before the trading deadline. I mean, there's no question the Cavs need a backup point guard. LeBron can't absorb all of those minutes. That's what they end up doing. He's a de facto backup point guard when Kyrie Irving's out of the lineup. He's been playing a lot of minutes. So uh, my guess is they're going to look for one of them. Uh, David Griffin's doing that right now. Also a backup big with the loss of Birdman and Chris Anderson. He tore his ACL a handful of weeks ago. He's out for the season. They could use a backup big, too. So, uh, like I said, David Griffin pulled the trigger at the trade deadline beautifully over the last couple of seasons. Two seasons ago, it was J.R. Smith, Iman Shepard, and Timothy Mozgov uh, in January. Last season, it was Channing Fry at the deadline, all of whom impacted the Cavaliers uh, and helped their runs to the finals. So, uh, I, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if he does it again, and my guess is he's looking as we speak to try to fill some holes in this Cavalier roster. Yeah, that's a very good thought. I didn't even think about that. I'm glad you pointed that out. We are creeping closer to that moment in time. Hey, John, before I let you go, I, I got to ask you, you know, when just like it is here in New Orleans today, look, when LeBron James and the Cavaliers come to town, it's a pretty big deal, uh, rightfully so. Um, I think it's good for the game. I'm not – I'm not trying to throw any shade on it. I just I just want to know from your perspective, what is that like? And at what point does it become a kind of a grinding thing for everybody in the travel party? Well, the difference, you know, we always laugh because before, you know, like I said, I, I started with the Cavs three seasons before LeBron got there. We, we used to laugh because, you know, uh, the smoke bomb could have dropped in the practice facility and nobody would have known the difference a couple of seasons ago. But now somebody trips into the locker room and, and all of a sudden you're seeing it on the ticker on ESPN, I, I just the media coverage has been uh, suffocating, I think, saying it too strongly, but it's it's incredible, and it's overwhelming, and it's you know it, it comes with the territory when you have LeBron James on your team. Uh, so to me, that's the biggest difference. I mean, the crowds are, you know, always the crowds are flocking around the hotels and everything else, and that, and that part's fun. You know, that part is neat to see how many people turn out just to get a glimpse of some of these guys when they come to town, particularly in, in the Western Conference cities when you, when you only see them once a year. But to me, the media coverage and, and just, you know, particularly when things were, you know, not going so well. So on the first season, the Cavs were 19 and 20 mm-hmm. at one point. So there's speculation about this and there's rumors about that. And I, I, let me give you an example. I was sitting at practice once, okay? And this is, again, in the middle of a situation where the Cavs were starting to go good, but that first season where it was really bumpy and up and down and, 
The guys had an amazing practice. They're running off the floor. You know, guys are in headlocks or whatever, having a great time, right? I literally step outside five minutes later as I went to the concourse where they have the TVs and everything else, and on the sticker on ESPN, turmoil today in Cavaliers practice just reported from so-and-so and so-and-so. So it was to see all of these things and, and the way some of these stories – you know, where they came from, where they originated from, it was unbelievable. And some were, you know, frankly untrue. Some had a sliver of truth. But to watch all of that unfold firsthand when just a season ago nobody cared about the Cavaliers at all. You know, they weren't on anybody's radar. It was really something to see. It was really eye-opening, to be honest with you. And that, to me, has been the biggest difference in terms of the media coverage and just how many eyes are suddenly on this team in Northeast Ohio. Fascinating. Really is. John, I appreciate it. I know you're getting ready for tonight. I look forward to seeing you and, of course, enjoy your your one day in New Orleans all year long. (laughs) Will do, my friend. Take care. I'll see you tonight. All right. John Michael, voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Big game tonight. We'll talk more about it here in just a moment. First now this. Hey, New Orleans. The world's biggest party just got even bigger because NBA All-Star 2017 is coming to the Big Easy. You know about the big game on Sunday, but there's a whole weekend of fun. Starting Friday night, come check out the BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge and the Celebrity Game. Then the D-League All-Star Game on Saturday. Even watch the best athletes in the world get ready at All-Star practice. Tickets start at just $10. Don't miss out. Visit NBATickets.com now. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Everything you need to know about the Saints and Pelicans is right here on the Black and Blue Report. Good stuff from John Michael there in the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Again, tip off tonight, 7 o'clock at the uh, Smoothie King Center. As promised, let's talk a little football. And to do so, we bring in uh, Sean Fazan from Fox 8 Sports. We haven't annoyed him in a while, so I figured before the month of January was over, we should get him back on our show. Sean, welcome back. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be here. Did you get any of a break at all after a football season? You know, I, I was able to squeeze in a couple of days. Uh, I actually uh, just moved into a new house, so I was able to kind of get some, some stuff squared away with that. But uh got a couple of days to myself, but uh, I'm right back on the grind here. You you decided to move in your downtime? Are you crazy? <laughs> it just Construction was complete, unfortunately. I didn't really have uh, much... Uh, much time to, uh, or much of a approval or uh, say so on the timetable. So I had to kind of get in where I could fit in, basically. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you know, first of all, let me ask you about the two football games yesterday. What did you think of the uh, Falcons and the Patriots' wins to advance to the Super Bowl? Um, you know, for once in my life, I was right about the two teams uh, in terms of advancing to the Super Bowl. I thought Atlanta, it was pretty obvious that Green Bay had maxed out. Um, the injuries had just caught up to them. Um, in Atlanta's case, you know, and I tweeted this out, you know, one of the more underrated aspects of the Saints Super Bowl run was just how healthy they were in the playoffs and into the uh, into the Super Bowl. And you start to see that with Atlanta right now. Sometimes it's not always how good you are, how healthy you are. When you combine that with a deep roster and you know, obviously a bunch of talented guys, you see what happens. And look, 
the, the polar opposite in health between Green Bay and Atlanta was evident. And, you know, Atlanta moves on. I'd say congratulations, but I, I do know your audience, so uh, I'm not going to say that. Uh, but, you know, they just have a different DNA under Dan Quinn. Uh, and then, obviously, with uh, New England, um, I mean, seven Super Bowl appearances. Um, I tweeted out yesterday that, to me, the discussion's over. I mean, Belichick and Brady are the best to do it. I mean, seven Super Bowl appearances in 16 years in the age of NFL parity is just unbelievable. Uh, regardless of whatever scandal or uh, whatever issue you may have with them, um, to have this took sort of sustained success and longevity is truly remarkable. And uh, here we are. It should be a pretty good Super Bowl. Yeah, I think so. I, the only thing I can guess, and, and I'm kind of like you, I kind of had a good feeling about you know what was going to happen yesterday, and I don't mean good in that I was rooting for those teams. I just I just kind of thought that's what was going to happen. Uh, but now when it, with regard to the Super Bowl, Sean, the only thing I can think of is that it, it probably will be high-scoring but I have no idea who has the upper hand, and I know we're only we're still two weeks out. But I, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, there's a uh, there is a little bit of an unknown to this, just because Matt Ryan is red hot. Um, he's got maybe the best receiver in the NFL. Uh, they're spreading the ball out. They have you know a bright offensive mind, obviously, uh, in Kyle Shanahan. But you look across the field. I mean, you got you know I just said <laughs> Brady is the best to ever do it. So how can you bet against him in a Super Bowl? Uh, when Eli Manning is not his opponent. So um, I, I think it, it's going to be a great game. I think, uh, did I see, was New England favored by three right now? I think that's probably about right. Um, I, 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 it's too early to make my pick. i got to dive deep a little bit here just because I think talent-wise, player for player, you probably give Atlanta the nod. But the fact that they got Bill Belichick and, and, and two weeks to game plan, uh, it's got to give them uh, the Patriots an edge as well. So, uh, we shall see. It should be a fun one. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, how many people do you think you'll you'll talk to in the next two weeks in this area that will uh, will ask the question: Can both teams lose on Super Bowl Sunday? Well, it's funny. If you were to take a poll of the, the Saints fan base most hated teams, obviously Atlanta would be number one. Um, I, I'm going to maybe say Dallas number two, and then. At, Quickly into the conversation, the women comes up. So, yeah, I think that's going to be one of those where uh, I, a lot of eye rolls, a lot of, okay, do I really have to watch this? Uh, a lot of, uh, I don't care, even though they really do care. Uh, and a lot of uh, just uh, unhappiness from the uh, from the local fan base in terms of uh, who's playing in the Super Bowl. Do I have this right? Because the schedule's not in front of me, but I know you're like a steel trap up there above the shoulders. Uh, no matter who wins, right, the Saints will play the defending Super Bowl champs next season, won't they? Uh, yes. Uh, I believe that it, it, it reverts back to the AFC East and obviously with the NFC South being Atlanta. So, yeah, uh, I do think uh, the Saints would indeed play the Super Bowl champion next year. Yeah. I saw an interesting note today, and I don't want to take credit for it, but I wish I could give credit because I can't remember who did post it. But with Atlanta going to the Super Bowl, uh, that means the NFC South is the first division since realignment in '02 that all teams in the division will have made in a Super Bowl appearance. That's pretty remarkable. It is, and I think you start, you've you seen that. That that sort of played out. Uh, you know, the, there was a run there where every year was a new uh, NFC South champion. I think uh, there's some parity in the division. Uh, there's been some ups and downs in the division. Uh, but above all else, you know, there's been some, uh, you know, there's been some success in the division as well. So, from an NFC South standpoint, yeah, I mean, I think you're starting to see why it's been one of the more well-balanced uh, divisions in, uh, in all of football. Sean Fizan with us from Fox 8 Sports. Hey, Sean, this is the other thing I wanted to talk to you about today. You're hitting the road this week. Senior Bowl is uh, is uh, about to begin in Mobile, at least all the all the pregame festivities, which frankly are more important than the game itself this coming weekend. 
Mm-hmm. You you're up on this more than I am, and 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 that's why you're here. So, give me the the going in headlines or the storylines to this year's edition of the Senior Bowl. You know, I I really want to get a taste. You know, we're not able to see all of them, but you know, the, the scouts and people that I trust and that I follow in terms of you know pre-draft uh, analysis and that, that that keep their eyes on these prospects um, is it, this is the year to be in the market for an edge pass rusher. And um, from what I understand, this is it, it, where the Saints are standing at 11. Uh, it's a fortuitous spot to be in in terms of uh, it, it, their need at edge pass rusher and who could potentially be available. So I'm hoping uh, to see that jump off the tape. The guy I'm really looking for, because not all will be at the Senior Bowl, obviously, the big names, Miles Garrett and uh, Derek Barnett, those guys. But uh, the big name I'm looking to see is uh, this guy, Taffa Kenley, uh, out of UCLA. He's a senior um, very productive his last two seasons, tackles for lost sacks. Uh, so that's the guy I'm looking for just in terms of uh, who jumps off in terms of an edge pass rusher. And, of course, you know, Senior Bowl locally, there's always local ties. Um, and there's quite a few LSU guys as well. So when those, you know, worlds kind of overlap, it, you know, it's always fun to kind of see mix and match who would be, you know, a good fit from purple and gold to black and gold. Which which seemingly doesn't happen all that often, though, Sean, in, when you look back at, what the last ten years has not. I mean, the last last LSU player the Saints drafted uh, was Al Woods uh, back in 2010, who uh, didn't make the final roster that year. Um, has not happened a lot, and uh, I could tell you from uh, the fan base, which generally overlaps in terms of Saints fans and LSU fans, uh, that's been something that's frustrated them because obviously we've seen LSU players go on uh, to um, you know big and prosperous things in the NFL. Um, we saw one yesterday, or two actually, in Jalen Collins and Debo Jones. Um, so I, I think uh, I, I don't think the Saints actively go against LSU guys. Sometimes it just doesn't fall your way, and uh, hopefully uh, the day will come where, where we see not just a, a good LSU player wearing black and gold, but uh, one that uh, comes and has a nice long career here in the world. Yeah, it could could happen. Could happen. Uh, Sean, when you think back now on on say your years of covering the Senior Bowl and and the NFL offseason. What has directly translated from what you've observed or read about that happens during this week in Mobile that is a direct impact upon the NFL draft? And I guess I'm leaning toward the Saints here, but um, maybe just overall in general with regard to the first couple of rounds of the draft. Well, something stood out to me with, uh, with Sean Payton last year when he met with us. Um, he said, you know, all things being equal, if there was a prospect that there were uh, equal grades on, um, and you know your eye in that prospect. It, it stood out to how he said, you know, they would they would give the nod to a senior uh, just because uh, he'd been through the fire, he had done, uh, he he exhausted his eligibility, um, and you know he he led his team, his college team, and now he's moving on to the pros. That 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 was one thing that sort of stood out uh, to me. If I'm not mistaken, Garrett Grayson was in Mobile back in 2000. Uh, 15 as well. Now, another, no, I'll give you another quick story, uh, and it's more of an NFL level. I, I can recall watching the year um, Detroit Lions were one of the coaching staffs there, and, I mean, their D-line coach, I mean, was riding, riding this prospect. I mean, he was on him. The prospect was pretty raw. I, he was on him, on him, on him. I remember kind of jotting it down, like, my God, the Detroit Lions defensive line coach is intense. Well, it turns out draft day comes, and in the first round, Detroit drafts that prospect. His name was Ziggy Anza, who goes on to have a pretty decent career earlier down here this year, but he's had double-digit sacks uh, a couple of times in his career. So 
I guess the, the institutional knowledge from a coaching staff with prospects is also something I've picked up on over the years as well. Interesting, interesting. Uh, you'll probably hear from Mickey Loomis this week. Uh, do you have a question lined up for him, or are you going to let it rip and uh, and see what happens when he addresses the media for the first time in a long time? Yeah, I mean, we'll just kind of get his thoughts on the season and where they're at as an organization. Uh, big shakeup, obviously, within the coaching staff. And, um, you know, there's always a sense of urgency into an offseason, but I just I kind of have a feeling that within the organization, it's it's kind of building up to uh, it has 2017 has to be the year here. And uh, we'll kind of gauge his thoughts on that. And obviously, uh, when you get a chance to talk to him, you talk to him about their own free agents. And I know Nick Fairley is going to be a big question of mine as well in terms of uh, their views on him. And, you know, uh, he'll never show his hand in terms of negotiations. But it's always good to at least get his thoughts on the upcoming offseason, both via draft and, of course, free agency as well. All right. Uh, good stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm eager to hear what happens uh, this week. And it's always something that there's always something unexpected, Sean, that comes out of this week and kind of uh, further sets the table for the big, the big moments of the offseason. So we'll see. Let's see how it plays out. Absolutely. Sean, yep. Safe travels. I hope you enjoy the week. And I really appreciate you coming on with us today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yep. Sean Fazan, Fox 8 Sports. Uh, they'll have coverage, of course, just like John DeShazer and uh, the folks here in our building will throughout this uh, Senior Bowl week in Mobile, Alabama. Back in a moment. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. It's Guys Night Out. You and the crew head out to the club. Tonight is ladies' night, but there are no ladies in sight. Where are the ladies, bro? Then a bad batch of hot wings sends you sprinting to the bathroom. But it doesn't have to be this way. Win the night with the New Orleans Pelicans, facing off against the Oklahoma City Thunder, Wednesday, January 25th. Get Guys Night in gear with our Guys Night Out six-pack. Visit pelicans.com for tickets and win the night. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Well, let's just be honest about the Pelicans going into tonight's game. Um, they're coming off their worst loss of the year, Friday night against the Brooklyn Nets. 
Coach uh, Gentry was uh, rather animated uh, and uh, pointed in his post-game comments. I think since then he's had some time to look at the game, realize what it was uh, in hindsight, and we'll talk with Coach tonight prior to tip-off on Pelicans warm-up on the Pelicans radio network. Uh, New Orleans still has uh, four games left on this homestand. It starts tonight with Cleveland. It'll follow with Wednesday against the Thunder, Friday against the Spurs, and then Sunday against the Washington Wizards. But Pelicans warm-up is yours tonight at 6.30 Central and then tip-off at 7. Same broadcast times for our friends at Fox Sports New Orleans who will have the television side of things between the Pels and the Cavs tonight. Uh, thanks to John Michael of the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network, one of our favorites. He was a great guest today. And also a, a, a solid uh, guest, as always, Sean Fazan from Fox 8 Sports. Uh, tomorrow, Cassie's back, and she will be hosting uh, the Black and Blue Reports right here from Studio B. And Tuesday means Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. And then on the New Orleans Saints side, John DeShazer joins Cassie tomorrow for uh, the, his first reports from the Senior Bowl in Mobile. So good stuff tomorrow. We'll be talking basketball and football uh, here, uh, you know, during the uh, Tuesday Black and Blue Report. Wednesday, more from John DeShazer. David Wesley then from Fox Sports New Orleans as the Pelicans get ready for, as I mentioned, the Thunder. Hope you all have a great rest of your Monday. Don't forget, uh, you still can, I think, get to tonight's game if you so choose. Otherwise, television and radio for yourselves tonight. And uh, be following John DeShazer on Twitter this week from the uh, Senior Bowl and Mobile and NewOrleansSaints.com. We'll have coverage uh, as well from our, our video team there on the ground in Mobile, Alabama. We wish them safe travels today. We wish you a great Monday. And we wish, of course, the Pelicans good luck tonight against the defending world champions. I'm Sean Kelly. We'll see you next time right here on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.